0: We were trying to save the world. I was picking up the house. Why don't you put it down? Come over.
1: Come over.
2: Hi everyone. Welcome to Femidish, a podcast about food through a feminist lens where we elevate the stories of women by celebrating their unique abilities to nourish themselves and their communities. My name is Sandy and I'm here with my co-host Hope. Hey Hope. Hey. And we are very excited to be here tonight for a special series of FemiDish. We are here tonight with the ladies of Fork Food Lab, and we will be talking with them as well as members from their organization all week this week. And we're going to be sharing them with you to, uh, for one, learn about Fork, learn about what they're the great organization that they have, and all about the really awesome women that are members of Fork. Fork is a membership-based shared commercial kitchen and food business incubator based in Portland, Maine. We have an awesome lineup of four businesses that are part of Fork Food Lab, and they're going to be sharing with us their stories about being a woman entrepreneur, a woman food business owner, and what their passions are when it comes to food and how they got here. Um, Also, we're going to be learning today from the ladies who run Fork and about what it means for them to be there, how they got into this kind of world, and what they love about being part of an organization that supports women food business owners. So this is a special series of Femidish. We're really excited to bring it to you all and hope that you guys learn a little bit about women entrepreneurship, a little bit about Fork Food Lab, and come away a little bit happier. So with that, let's bring on our guests. We have Lydia Coburn, the Community Coordinator at Fork Food Lab, Corinne Tompkins, the Member Service Coordinator at Fork Food Lab, and Sam Socher, the Operations Leader at Fork Food Lab. Hey,
3: ladies. Hey there. Hi. Hello
2: so let's hear from you all first uh, we want to know before we even get into all the great stuff that fork does and uh, what you ladies all do there um, let's let's learn about you so let I'd love to know and we our listeners would love to know what your roles are at fork and personally what your backgrounds are uh, how you got it here how you got fork what you've been doing for a while and learn a little about a little bit of coaching you
3: Sure. Uh, so my name is Lydia. I'm uh, Forks Community Coordinator, as you said. I came on Fork in about February or March, so right around the time that COVID hit, which was a very interesting time to jump on as our events and marketing manager, essentially. So it's my role to create opportunities for members to sell their products, whether it's at events, markets, or pop ups. Uh, And being the bridge between the community and our members is really essential to enabling some initial revenue streams uh, and critical product development through taste testing and sampling. Uh, Obviously, this has been pretty challenging during COVID because in-person sales are a very different game uh, nowadays. So in March, my first task was to launch our online store, which has been going pretty well. It's been, uh, generating some sales for our members and enabling a lot of new people to come on to fork as well as, uh, as customers, which has been really exciting. Um, I manage our website and social media platforms as well. Um, and I came on to fork because I was an intern with a past member of ours, uh, farm drop was a member last year. They're a uh, online farmer's market. They're operating through Cultivating Community now, but during my graduate certificate program at USM last year, I was an intern for them. So learned about Fork
1: and, and ended up here this year. That's awesome. Thank you, Lydia. Um, I'll go next. Um, this is Sam speaking. I'm the operations leader here. Um, I've been at Fork since last August, so actually coming up on a year. Um, I did not start in this role. I was um, a kitchen attendant for about six months, which is a role that we no longer have. Um, and then in February, uh, we re- we kind of restructured a lot of the staff here at Fork, um, which kind of preceded uh, everything that happened with the pandemic, um, which has worked out kind of favorably, favorably for us. Um, and so now I'm in charge of all daily operations and, That basically covers anything that goes on in the kitchen, which is something that we can uh, discuss a little bit more um, if it's not obvious to you how a kitchen operates. Um, For most people, it isn't. Um, So everything from like maintenance and repair and sanitation um, is my responsibility, Um, making sure that. Deliveries and pickups are happening properly, and then like just generally helping our members when they're in the kitchen and making sure that they're having a smooth and easy and safe experience. All of that kind of falls underneath uh, the umbrella of my responsibility.
2: Awesome, great, thank you, Sam.
0: This is Corinne. I am the Member Services Coordinator for Fork Food Lab. Uh, Generally, what I kind of do is like manage internal and external relationships that we have and facilitate all sorts of wonderful parts of starting a small business. Um, Some of what I do around here more specifically is, you know, member recruitment as a membership based kitchen. We do a lot of recruitment and we get a lot of inquiries Um, So additionally, I also do the tours for everyone who's interested in joining Fork Food Lab. Um, I do assist with essentially all aspects of starting a business, including business development plans, um, especially in a COVID environment and possibly pivoting your business model, um, defining your business legal structure, uh, more specifically in that, you know, organizing the legalities of setting up an LLC, um, you know, filing your state licensing, finding business insurance, kind of just, you know, some core structural stuff for producing legal food. We do, you know, just managing sometimes member relationships, uh, you know, helping out the people that are within the kitchen, uh, figuring out any of their issues uh, that they may be having. Um, we, I do, I do some development for workshops that very well might be relevant and applicable to members at Fork Food Lab. We are currently assisting new members, uh, and existing members with developing products to expand their own product lines as part of something, uh, you know, adapting to COVID and basically, doing anything else that's asked of me to do (laughs) sometimes that evolves and changes every day Uh, but you know it's it's fun it's a a job for someone who wears many hats and i think that's exactly what i do Um, so i mean with that in mind how i ended up at fork food lab long story short is i was actually thinking about possibly becoming a member here And I was floating around on the website and saw that they had an open position. Um, So I decided to inquire about it. And the position that I have now is not the position I inquired about, uh, but a really essential part of Fork Food Lab. So here I am.
2: (laughs) That thank you, Corinne. That's very cool that uh, between a couple of you and maybe Sam, this was true for you also that. Um, you got involved with fork through, like, as the, with the job you have now through a membership, you know, potential membership, Sam, you said you were with the farm drop before and Corinne, you were thinking about maybe starting your own membership at fork and then ended up working there. <laughs> right
1: now. Lydia was at farm drop. Yes.
2: Sorry. Yes. Okay. So, so there's <laughs> a, at least, at least one of you that were, you know, a couple of you that were there because of potential being with, um, you know, between being a member.
4: For sure, yeah. So, um, you know, in talking about the work that you do, you know, we could get a little bit of insight into what Fork is and maybe is not. Um, You know, you talk about memberships and you talk about all these food based businesses and business development and membership recruitment, amongst other things. But for our listeners who might not be familiar with what a commercial um, membership based shared kitchen is, can one of you um, explain? as kind of neatly as possible. What is Fork? Um, What exactly is a member-based shared commercial kitchen? And what role does that allow Fork to play in the local food system and the economy here in Maine and and Portland, more specifically?
0: Definitely. Um, So, as a, a commercial shared kitchen is um, an outfitted kitchen that is designed for more than one business to operate inside of it, but likely, you know, not, um, not, not a business that's big enough to essentially, you know, hold its own brick and mortar spot. Uh, commercial kitchens are usually held by small independent craft uh, food businesses that are looking to launch and possibly become something bigger. Or maybe they're held by someone, especially up in Maine, we have a lot of seasonal businesses. Um, So the shared commercial kitchen is really designed towards allowing uh, people to start businesses uh, without basically coming up with all of the overhead for buying a building or going brick and mortar. It's a really effective way to get started as a small business. Um, It can be very overwhelming to start a business. There's a lot of money involved in things like that and not everyone has that. So if you're interested in starting a smaller food business or getting started in the food industry, a commercial kitchen is the way to go. In the world of commercial and shared kitchens, um, you know, there's a couple graduated steps to how this works. Uh you can start at a you know, a commissary style where you can rent the space and, you know, utilize it. Um you walk up from there into a graduated level called an incubator kitchen and that's what Forked Food Lab is. Um what comes after that is an accelerator kitchen. Um, so an incubator kitchen, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory here, similar to what an incubator does to a small young baby is, you know, we take care of you and we keep you nice and warm and healthy. And we try to help support you to become a, a bigger and better business. Um, you know, accelerator kitchens are the places that have closed loop distribution cycles, and um, can, you know, provide you with investors and kind of a fully sustainable environment from building up a business, creating a food, uh, creating a food product, and then also selling it and distributing it. We're not quite there yet. Um, You know, we're hoping to expand at some point in the future to a larger space um, to include more distribution in our business model. But for right now, we are offering, you know, the the perks that come with an incubator kitchen. So we we get a lot of support. Members get quite a bit of support on, um, you know, developing their business. This is a really good place to start a business.
2: We could hear a little bit, um, at the beginning, a, a whirring or, you know, a low hum. And you said it was a large piece of equipment that was being run. So you guys are really just sitting in a, a whole, uh, warehouse that has all these different, you know, commercial grade machines that has the storage, the fridges, everything. So you could go into fork and make just about
1: any product. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's the, the appeal of it, um, know when corinne brings people in for tours that's sort of like their first reaction is like oh my gosh like you have everything um especially for people who have never been inside of a commercial kitchen before it's sort of like a a restaurant kitchen but a lot bigger like way bigger (laughs) um and it, it kind of it takes the stress out of out of starting your own business because we have all of this equipment that if you were to try to purchase it all at the start of your own business you might never get ahead and be able to make a profit. Um, So the shared model really helps because through everyone's pooled resources, we're able to upkeep this operation that mutually benefits everyone.
4: So in your opinion, how is this incubator space, um, how does it help the local economy and the food system here in Maine? Any one of your opinions. (laughs)
0: So um, Fork Food Lab is the only incubator kitchen in northern New England, north of Boston. So, um, I mean, not only do we help support uh, the main state economy, and I'll get into that in a second here, too, but we're also an essential service for northern New England. Um, you know, it's not, just, it's not just Maine. It's also small businesses in New Hampshire and small businesses in Vermont and also small businesses in Massachusetts. Part of that cost is, um, you know, for uh, starting your own business is so exorbitant that uh, we we're finding a lot of people are interested in using Fork Food Lab from all over New England. Um, you know, specifically with Fork Food Lab, we have the we have we take a proactive approach. Um, in our mind, it's you know if you want a small business economy then we have to provide tangible resources to bridge the gap between the idea and the execution. Fork Food Lab tries really hard to make sure that this happens by you know, constantly innovating, reevaluating, figuring out you know, where things can be better, listening to our members, finding out what we need. So it's a, it's a proactive hands-on approach to developing businesses. Additionally, we have the capability to promote growth for our small businesses and have the flexibility to support that growth. You know, for example, we, we've got to, you're going to do an interview with one of our uh, producers, Milk Cove Crackers. And you know, when she started, she was a smaller business. Now she's a much larger business. So um, you know, I'm sure you'll hear from her about uh, her growth process, and that's something that we really enjoy and enjoy and be able to offer here uh, at the kitchen, uh, specifically related to the main state economy. Fork Food Lab since it opened in 2016 has uh, had a total of 85 businesses cycle through here. Um, That includes mobile kitchens um, and mobile vendors, uh, caterers and a variety of food producers. In 2019, there were over 50 members of Fork Food Lab. Just to give you, you know, a little spectrum of the type of growth we've experienced in the boom of other people being interested in starting small businesses. Um, yeah, so last year there were over 50 members. Uh, translated, here's some data for you. We had supported 152 jobs that created $4.7 million in sales. The total impact for all of that, uh, you know, the, the jobs in that number was all, uh, you know, internal numbers for Fork Food Lab. What that really supported externally into the community was creating an impact for almost 300 jobs and creating an additional $10 million in earnings for the year. Uh, Pre COVID and including alumni. Uh, Fork Food Lab has hosted in total over 411 jobs and has input over $15 million into the community in the last three years, uh, which is really impressive uh, considering how small we really are. (laughs) It's uh, it's a lot of fun uh, being a part of this project and really seeing such a direct impact on the local economy through job and financial support.
2: Wow, I love those numbers. That is very cool. Um, and it's it's really great to see how that, you know, it turns tangible. Like, you know, I like economics really there. There's um, limiting to how much, uh, you know, uh, looking at the economy can truly tell us about life and happiness and all of that. But um, when you're really talking about impact on the economy, that's great to see there's that many jobs and that much, um, you know, that much revenue being generated. Uh, and it, it sounds like the Fork really, it, they what the incubator does is reduce barriers to starting a business, like simply as you could state it. Like it, if you want to start a business rather than going out and buying all those things yourself or, you know, having to say, oh, what are the regulations? You know, how do I do that? You can go to Fork, you can see what those machines are, see what you really need, test them out, you know, learn if that's what's going to work for you, start making your product and then have all of you ladies as awesome resources to help kind of, like you said, um, incubate you through that, and, and um, hold your little baby hand, and, and keep you warm and, and happy while you're growing your business. So that's that's a really awesome resource that Maine has, and it makes Maine pretty cool in all of Northern New England. So great job, guys. <laughs> um, so I know that Fork has a very diverse type of like range of different businesses when it comes to products and things like that. Tell us about some of the clientele. Um, are you know, your actual clients, um, who are the women that are working there? And um, what, what have you seen as specifically maybe unique challenges women have faced or just, you know, really uh, as being women that are working there, helping these other, you know, women entrepreneurs? What can you tell us about some of your, your women clients? I guess not clients or women members, excuse me.
1: For sure. Um, so, I think the, a really interesting thing about Fork is that about two thirds of our active members um, are women owned or operated or both. Um, And so there's kind of three general categories. There's kind of three general categories um, to um, Fork membership, um, and they usually fall within uh, catering companies, food trucks, um, or manufactured goods. Women are represented in all three of those categories um, and, and quite a bit. And there's, uh, there's quite a bit of uh, variety in, in what those businesses look like. Um, some of them, I, mean, I think that you will be interviewing a, a pretty good representation of those businesses. The membership works so that businesses can come in and uh, they're in here for like an amount of time that makes sense for their own business, if that makes sense. Um, so we have some people that are only in here a couple hours a month, and then we have people who are in here every day and that, that can change depending on the time of the year or if we're in a pandemic or not, um, uh, unfortunately. Um, but across the board, like in my, you know, 11 months here or so, almost a year, um, I, there's, there's consistently been women around, um, and it's, uh, it's, kind of representative of the general Portland food scene in a way and in other ways I mean I don't know have the numbers of, of like what Portland's food scene is in terms of gender representation but I would wager that it's it's a higher representation of women here than it is um, in terms of like brick and mortar restaurants or other food businesses but that that would that's just my observation.
2: Have you noticed any like well, you know, what can you tell us about the types of women that are coming in? Have you noticed anything that's similar about any of those women? Like, are they like, do all women come in and they want to make, you know, cupcakes, right? That's sometimes a, something that we see is like, women just want to be like, really, no, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, is there what, is there something that you can tell us about the, anything that's similar between all the ladies? Or are they all different? Is, you know, what does it mean to be a woman maker at Fork? We do have some cupcakes, for sure. (laughs) Now, there's nothing wrong with cupcakes. Let me get on the record and say, I need more cupcakes in this world. There's nothing wrong.
1: And we've got lots of different types of cupcakes, too.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more about the
1: cupcakes. Yeah, for sure, on your cupcake podcast. Um, (laughs) If there came (laughs) through frosting, that's all I need to know. (laughs) No, there's so much going on. I mean it's like stuff that you would never anticipate. I mean, you'll, you'll speak to Nina who owns a cracker company, milk of crackers. Um, There are, there are women in the food trucks and there are women who have their own catering companies um, and who are doing just like such a variety of manufactured goods. Yeah. Lots of desserts, um, baked goods in general, like, like aspiring bakers uh, or people who are aspiring to have their own bakeries essentially there's quite a diversity even within those categories. Like there's people doing vegan stuff. There's people doing more traditional things. Um, yeah, we have a woman, um, her company is called Bravo Maine. She does cooking classes. Um, we have a member called feud and they, uh, that is owned by a woman named Maddie Purcell. And she does chop style cooking competition show, like, uh, parties and events that are really popular. Um,
4: Oh, fine. That sounds yeah, cool.
1: they're an absolute hit and it's super unique to the area and in general. Um, so there really is quite a variety of stuff that's going on. Them. There's, there's really no way to pin it down, honestly. Wow, that's so great.
2: And you all just started a, and well, not just started, I guess, well, maybe, maybe you did. I don't know. Um, there was uh, markets at Fork where all you be able to go and check out all the products and buy things from, from folks. and then there was now this online ordering capacity. Is that new? Um, what's that been like?
3: Yeah, our online store is certainly new. Uh, To my understanding, it was something that Fork had wanted to launch for a couple of years now, but it always was kind of taking a back burner. Uh, We were always very present at local breweries and at Bayside Bowl and um, local farmers markets and um, really just trying to be out in the community as much as possible, doing pop-ups and events. Uh, We were doing member markets on site here, So really just trying to be out in the community, bring the community into Forks Kitchen. Uh, But obviously with COVID, that has really hindered really all of those opportunities. Uh, We're such a small facility here that we need to maintain, you know, the utmost health and safety uh, within the kitchen walls so that way everyone can still come in and produce. So we're really unable to let the public into our space and because all of the bigger markets have Uh, you know, been canceled because of COVID-19, it's really limited our sales opportunities and sampling and and all of those types of things. So it was, in a way, a great opportunity for us to finally launch the online store. Um, It's definitely been a learning curve uh, for me and for our members and for everyone here. But um, everyone's been so... Uh, collaborative and, and resilient and working together. And as Corinne touched upon earlier, you know, helping members come up with new product development to help their businesses pivot. Uh, we've seen in the community, you know, people are becoming more and more uh, aware and easily able to do the curbside pickup thing. And um, it's it's been a great opportunity for us to really help members still have sales in this online platform.
4: So We've talked a little bit about the different barriers people might have to opening a small business, Um, and I am aware that you guys have some kind of scholarship program. I believe one of the women we will be interviewing who is a maker at Fork um, is a recipient of some kind of scholarship. Um, Do one of you want to speak a little bit on the different programs you have that might enable people to overcome even more barriers, either through scholarship programs or different mentoring programs that may or may not exist at Fork. I mean, just kind of explain the different programs and what they are and how you're eligible for those.
0: Sure. So, you know, if you, this is Corinne, if you give me a call and you're a prospective member at Fork Food Lab, um, it's my job to kind of fish around and ask you some questions about your business to see if you need assistance uh, in any way, shape or form. So if, you you know, there's a variety of things I can, you know, kind of lead you to, you'd mentioned the mentorship And, uh, you know, Fork Food Lab has a very close relationship with SCORE. um, What is it? The Service Corps of Retired Executives. It's a national affiliated program. Um, If you're not familiar with SCORE, it is a group of retired executives that would love to mentor you in a variety of industries outside of uh, the food industry. So really, if anyone had any questions about wanting to open a business, you can go to score.com or whatever it is and, uh, you know, request a mentor. Uh, There's, you know, a a score program in all 50 states, and it's an underutilized, completely incredible program. Um, The amount of resources and information you can get out of retired executives is beyond anything you could ever buy with an education Um, additionally, Fork Food Lab has, you know, built relationships locally with banks and investors. So, you know, there's even potential for us to lead you in a direction where we might be able to source some money for you. There's quite a few grants out there, especially for women owned businesses. And then additionally with our scholarships, uh, well, we have one scholarship right now and we're developing another one. Um, The one scholarship that we have that's live and active uh, that the member you're going to interview, um, she is the recipient of, it is called the Food Shed Scholarship. And part of that money uh, comes from the federal government. It's a federal subsidy. Um, So the idea behind the Food Shed Scholarship is to have most of your food product uh, materials that you're going to be using to make your final product come from within your state. So we award that scholarship to small businesses that can uphold that ideal. Um, And uh, Heather Rose, who owns Local Babe Foods, started a a food company where she makes baby food from all organic farms in Maine. Uh, She is the perfect example of what that scholarship is there for. Uh, We love her business. It is so amazing. And and it's a pleasure to be able to not only see her succeed and, you know, have a small baby of her own, but to also be actually just supporting our local farmers, um, you know, to to the 10th degree. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, The other scholarship that we're developing right now is uh, specifically for the BIPOC community. Uh, in light of uh, the death of George Floyd and recent events in regarding the movement for Black Lives, we do feel that we are in a position to stimulate our local economy even further and reach out to the BIPOC community, literally put money in people's hands and help them start businesses.
4: Do you have a... um timeline for when that program might be up and running is you know I, I feel like there could be people listening who might be like really interested in you know either the existing um, scholarship programs or the one that you're talking about um, to encourage uh, people of
0: color to join your program. Yeah the food shed scholarship that's available really anytime. Um, it's a there is a small little process that we have to go through but it's mostly internal just to you know make sure that your business is sound um, and can uphold the food shed mission and then our BIPOC scholarship is in development. Um, we once the idea kind of came up, and decided to be pursued we realized how many people kind of wanted to support this so what we thought was going to be a smaller mission is turning into a larger mission and we are adapting to that. Positive problem, <laughs> so so I will exactly. I will keep you posted. Right now, we don't currently have a timeline set. We're still in the development stages.
2: That's awesome. That's really great to hear, and it's great to hear that of the current scholarship that's out there and the scholarships that are coming up, and just recognizing that even though fork is something that is helping to eliminate some barriers for people to start businesses, there still are a lot of barriers out there. So sometimes even just a scholarship um, along with some of the other support can really help um, some marginalized communities. And, you know, this type of work, when you like work in food systems, you, whether, even though it's a business and it might seem like, Oh, we're just, we're focused on economics and we have data. Like it's really all based in values. You know, it's wanting to make a, a healthy, sustainable food system, you know, business sustainable, environmentally sustainable, um, really be inclusive of all people. And that's definitely espoused by having those scholarships for Black and Indigenous people of color, as well as women and um, and other folks that might need a little bit extra help. Um, can you, Can you know, I'd love to hear from all three of you on this, like what what are some of your values when it comes to working in the food system and how, if if they do, but I'm assuming some of them do, how do those get expressed by working at Fork? You know, a lot of times our jobs are more than just a paycheck. We do them uh, hopefully because they some part of it means something to us. So I'd love to hear about your all values about coming to working in the food system and and how that gets espoused at
0: Fork.
3: I love this question. Um, I originally uh, got into environmental conservation and sustainability and originally thought I was going to be going a wildlife conservation route. Um, But being a lover of food and cooking, uh, it definitely took me in a food route. Once I learned really the huge impact of agriculture and the industrial food system, especially in our country, uh, it definitely took me down a route wanting to work more in food systems work. And and working towards sustainable local food systems specifically. Uh, so coming to work at Fork Food Lab is just um, a really incredible opportunity to work really hands-on with a great small team of great women and and a lot of food business entrepreneurs that are trying to stimulate our local food economy. And... Um, on many side projects, Sam and I work on, you know, trying to make Fork Food Lab more environmentally sustainable. Um, you know, we compost here. We're really excited to be moving into a bigger space at some point in the future and, um, you know, launching into some bigger environmentally sound practices here to keep that uh, impact low for us as well. Like you said, to keep it sustainable really on all levels. Um we're actually a branch program off of the nonprofit, the Sustainability Lab, which does a lot of work uh, you know around sustainability in this broader sense with food and the environment and human activity and things like that. So it's really cool to to come from an environmental and kind of nature nerd background uh, and to be able to work for a nonprofit that's like very hands-on and active um, with food businesses in in our community here. That's
2: great. I I definitely am also someone that comes at food systems thinking about the environmental impact, like you said, of our industrial food system. And I really hold local food systems in really high regard when it comes to lowering my own impact. And um, I I think it's there, you can come come to the food system in all different kinds of ways, social justice, environmental, um, you know, economics, really anything. Um Corinne and Sam, I'd love to hear from you all too about similarly, like Lydia said, you know, what, what are your values that you bring to working at Fork and how can you, if you can, you know, how can you um, apply some of those?
1: Sure. Yeah, values is something that the three of us have been talking about quite a bit recently um, in regards to the world at large. <laughs> um, yeah, I think as the person in charge of operations, I've been trying to pivot what that means a little bit um, because I've been trying to take a more holistic approach to it, I suppose, um, in regards to those conversations about values. Um, We talk about sustainability a lot in all of its forms. And like, as Lydia was just talking about environmental sustainability, we're also thinking about economic sustainability, but also like social and emotional sustainability um, because all of those things are necessary for creating a cohesive collaborative space. Um, my background is in social justice, I have a gender studies background. So I've been trying to do more work to kind of infuse those values into not only like through me personally, and like what I want to work on, but just if if I can take some of those values and, and embed them into the structure for food labs, so that they are always there, regardless of if I'm here in 10 years or not, um, then that will be a success.
2: I love that. That's really thinking like long-term about your own, you know, like you said, your own success. That's like, how can, how is this going to to look long-term in my life? Corinne, what do you think?
0: I, you know, started out, I got an interest in food working uh, with adults with developmental disabilities and assisting elderly people um, I was, uh, organizing food programs, um, and grocery programs for, you know, state funded group homes. And, um, it was pretty pathetic. This was, uh, you know, mid two thousands and, um, with, you know, a LePage, uh, a LePage, uh, administration on its way in, um, things were only going to get worse And um, I decided to kind of go study food systems. And I found a school out in the Pacific Northwest that uh, showed me how to um, manage sustainable food systems. And what better place to study, you know, sustainability than the Pacific Northwest? You know, that place is just, you know, kind of the pioneer of so many movements from San Francisco to Seattle. Uh, So the education that I received out there was all the mission for me going out there was to always bring it back to Maine um, and take what I learned somewhere else and bring it back to my local economy, because it just didn't really feel like anyone was exactly understanding what I was, you know, seeing around me. And um, now, you know, I'm I am back in Maine now. I've been back here for a few years. I've opened a few businesses Um, I've had a really good run of it in the food system, and um, now that I have the opportunity to work at Fork Food Lab, I feel like this is, you know, a really great position for me to, um, you know, leverage all of the skills that I've harnessed over the past, you know, 12 or 14 years and can bring them to so many people at once. I feel like I'm just, you know... I'm I'm just I'm just doing a great job bowling right now. I've got one bowling ball and a bunch of pins, and I'm knocking them all down at once. (laughs) I feel highly productive, and uh, and I really appreciate the opportunity. It's a it's good. It's been good here.
2: Corinne, I I love your metaphors with the incubator with a a little baby. You know, each business is a little baby incubator, like you know, as a having a job or some sort of endeavor that is you can knock all the pins down with one bowling ball. That's that's, that's a great image. I'm going I'm to use that from you. I'm going to steal that.
0: <laughs> Please do, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's
2: a little nicer than it's saying, like, kill two birds with one stone. You're saying, like, knock all the pins down with one bowling ball.
0: <laughs> all about nonviolence and non hostility.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and animal rights. We're all about animal rights here on Femadish. No No birds were killed by any stones in the making of this episode. Um, Yeah, that's, I just think that's great. And we really get a chance here on Feminish to talk with uh, all different women about what their values are when they come to this. You know, we hear about great endeavors and projects and research and history and all kinds of cool stuff. And we get to hear from the individuals as well and learn what, what they think, you know, what, why do we do any of this work? And truly on Feminish, what we're trying to do is think about, you know, is there an intersection between food and feminism? And if there is, what is it? Or, you know, in food and women and being a woman in our relationship to food. So it's just so cool to hear all three of you share what your values are when it comes to food systems. And, you know, it's great that you found a a job, you know, a career that can help you espouse those and and why we do this work. I think it's, it's you know, we do it. It's not just because it's a job, I think. I think we do it because it really does need something.
4: Now, I have... Um... A very weighted often and I want you to be perfectly honest what are your favorite products or businesses to come out of the fort and they do not have to be one of the four women we're going to follow up with <laughs>
3: <laughs> this
4: is heavy
2: guys don't you don't really don't mess it up
3: well I feel like this is a tough question because we're all like proud mamas like we can't pick a favorite child you know it's it's kind of tough um you know, I know you said we don't, we can't pick some. Well, we, not that we can't, but you know, everyone's gonna uh, the the following podcast you're gonna be interviewing. Um, you know, I'd love to highlight other members, but I will say whenever I'm at the Yarmouth Farmers Market, I almost always buy a bag of Nina from Milk Hope Baking her uh, old salt crackers. I will just eat an entire bag while I sit at the farmers market um, they're pretty, they're pretty tasty. So that might have to be one of mine. Adrian's empanadas are also very good, um, from empanada club. Uh, we've definitely gotten those at staff meetings more than once and we will continue to do so. Wait, your staff meetings have empanadas. How do I get on board? (laughs) Well, every Friday we have a staff meeting and it's around lunchtime. So we typically will buy lunch, uh, and we, as much as we love all the great restaurants in Portland, it's really hard to not support our members internally. So if we can just grab some empanadas from Adrian, we, we try to do that whenever possible. But Hope and Sandy, you're both welcome to come Friday. We have another staff meeting. You're welcome to come down. Um, yes. We'll have to sit outside because we can't let you in the building, but we can <laughs> sit in the parking lot if you'd like.
4: An empanada picnic on Friday. I'm in.
2: Wow. Wow, um yeah, we're basically employees now at Fork. We're basically staff now. We've learned so much about this. We know what we we know. We know all the things about Fork. We can give the tours if we needed to.
4: <laughs> no, I want to hear a few more a few more business favorites, and I also wanted to clarify they don't have to be women owned.
1: Yeah, super hard question because <laughs> there's so many people that walk through these doors. Well, just before this meeting, I did snack on uh, a deli bar from Joyful Spirit. That's it. one of our members. She makes um, these really good, naturally sweetened energy bars. Um, and she has three kinds, and they're super delicious. Um, I'm also going to plug. Niyad Catering, who also is at the Yarmouth Farmer's Market, he um, makes Ethiopian food, which is not something that there is a lot of here in Portland. And it's absolutely delicious. There is not a better uh, man that you can support. Um, It's it's honestly to die
0: for. I love all food. (laughs) Um, I don't discriminate against any food. And it's so hard. I was gonna say Nia. I really did. Do. I know you did. I am obsessed. He makes the injera, and it's incredible. I'm a big fan of Totally Awesome Vegan Food Truck. Um, I love it all. It's so hard to pick. I'm I'm such a big fan. I'm gonna gain so much weight working here.
2: <laughs> all right. Let's let's do this. Let's do best fork best food at, from a maker at fork for a beach day.
1: Beach day.
3: Oh, I will say, okay, we've got um, Riverbend Sweets. Uh, We've got some really delicious uh, vegan desserts right now that are all in the freezer. So they've got a pretty long shelf life. We'll take them out right before you order them so they'll thaw a little bit. But also, you can just eat them out of the freezer because then it's like a popsicle. But she's got a key lime cheesecake. She's got a mixed berry cheesecake. Um, We've got some... I think she has like a chocolate peanut butter cheesecake, also, but they're all vegan. They're delicious, uh, and they come in reusable jars, so you can just grab one of those, go on a hike, bring it to the beach, sit in your backyard. That would be my go-to. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, and a bottle of wine, and a store, bottle of wine, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in the in the spirit of the freezer, um, the Palada guy um, has popsicles um His strawberry—I think he sources his strawberries locally—and he has a bunch of different flavors. um Korik is his name, uh, and he makes really, really delicious popsicles that I would highly recommend.
2: Oh my gosh! In
4: between that and you guys sell beer and wine, so
2: it's really yeah, one stop
1: shop.
4: You sure do. <laughs> I love the variety of items that you just listed. That's yeah. like you know you got popsicles and empanadas and desserts and it just seems to be all over the board as far as like food type. And I think that's great. And I, I also like that you took the opportunity to shout out a few guys because although we are about women here at Femidish, we do not hate men. <laughs> um, so I appreciate some of the different businesses that you mentioned.
1: Yeah. I
3: love that. Many um, of our more primarily men owned businesses do have their partners or wives help out quite often as well. So it's a very strong team um, of both men and women that work together in the kitchen, which is really great to see as well.
4: I always love that dynamic is like when it really becomes like a family affair. One of my favorite restaurants in town um, here in Portland, the first few times I went in, I realized it was like mom and dad and two kids like hanging out in the kitchen. Um, And that's just kind of my favorite is when it really is about community and family and everyone kind of supporting each other. So I feel like our conversation really could go on significantly longer than most episodes because of the way Fork is made up of many different makers and staff who all kind of come together in this one space um, to create delicious food. And each person has its own story um, and all these different dynamics that are going into why they're at fork and how they are benefiting from the business. But I did want to take the chance to highlight the members that we will be talking to and that our listeners will be hearing from for the rest of this week, because we do have four wonderful, um, female owned businesses lined up. Um, and so I would encourage everyone to tune in every day this week, um, to hear from business owners like Heather of local babe food. We talked about who is a, new-ish member to the fork um, and she is the recipient of the food shed scholarship and sourcing most of her produce locally here in Maine and she is making um, lovely organic baby food and also Nancy and Haley of Greeks of Peak they own a food truck and catering company serving their family's recipes with a pinch of Maine inspiration and Nina um, who we talked about a couple of times in today's interview, owner of Mill Cove Baking Company, who is also a current member and is fairly well known in the local community for her crackers. And Catherine, who is the owner of Chocolates Passion, and she is an alumni of Fork and actually has her own brick and mortar location now in the west end of Portland. So these are all wonderful people that you will hear from later this week. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, Lydia, Corinne and Sam, I don't know who wants to speak, but. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your roles at Fork and your own personal values. Is there a way for people to find out more about the Fork Food Lab?
3: Yes, of course. Uh, you can go on to forkfoodlab.com on our website and find out so much more about our kitchen and about our members, about resources that we can provide, uh, our contact information. We have a blog that highlights a lot of our members as well. So you can check us out there. We are also on the Facebook and the Instagram. uh, So you can follow us there. Uh, We post a lot of updates about our online store as well. And you can get to our online store either through our website up at the top panel, uh, or it's also in the bio of our Instagram page as well. Awesome. That's
2: great. Thank you all again so much for taking the time to chat with us. And for all the listeners out there, you can find Femidish at Femidish on Facebook and Instagram. That's F-E-M-I-D-I-S-H. You can always email us at Femidish at gmail.com with any thoughts, questions, follow-ups, and suggestions for other awesome ladies that we should be having on to the podcast. So thank you all so much. Thank you, Hope. And we will see you all next time. And please don't forget to tune in to the rest of our Fork Food Lab Woman Maker
4: series. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.
1: I
0: was. Tells. We were trying to save the world. I was picking up the house. Why don't you put it down? Come over.
1: Come over.